This podcast brought to you by Basecrete, leaders in waterproof bond coatings for the swimming pool and construction industry. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Chris Bowen of Bowen Pools out of Flower Mound, Texas. Chris and his firm have been making a name for themselves over the last few years, and he's growing a rep fast for doing high-end work throughout the DFW area. We're pleased to have you with us today on the show, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, it's my pleasure. So um, give us a little bit of history, Chris. Tell us how you got started in the pool industry and when and why you got started building pools, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I got started uh, back in high school. I was a lifeguard for a few years throughout uh, high school and college. And then I moved to Texas with my parents. I'm from Texas originally, but grew up in Colorado. And we moved to DFW in August of 2011. And the house that my parents bought had a pool. Well, it was that old kind of brick coping, plain blue tile, basic 90s pool. And they wanted to renovate it. So the guy they hired just happened to be hiring. And I was 21 and looking for a job. And I got my start cleaning pools with him. And I spent about five years there learning from him. I got hurt on the job after about five years. And I ended up taking a break from the pool industry and working in inside sales for about a year and a half and hated my life. And I came home one day and told my wife, hey, I think I'm going to start a pool company. And she's like, you're crazy. And I said, you're probably right, but... I really hate what I'm doing right now. And uh, I know how to take care of pools and he's doing construction and he doesn't, didn't have a construction background. He's uh, you know, he started in service too. I, I can probably do that too. So that's kind of how we got started. That, that conversation happened in probably January, February of 2017. And uh, March 1st, I signed up under the Texas comptroller to start our company. I read in Pool Pro Mag that you're uh, you're running this thing originally out of your wife's uh, CRV back in the day, and uh, you know before you had a truck and you really had your business up and running. I mean, you came a long way since those days, but it must have been a tough struggle. Yeah, it it absolutely was. I mean, we we had what we had, and so uh, I didn't have the money at the time to go just buy a truck. Um, you know, I didn't really have a thriving business. So how do you go take on the debt or have the capital to, to do that? You got to get started somewhere. So yeah, I, uh, put all of our chemicals and stuff in that, uh, that CRV, which probably wasn't the greatest of ideas, but, uh, you do what you got to do. Well, you built it up to like 150 plus accounts. I read, man. I mean, that's a, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, we hit uh, a little under 250 uh, this summer, and then we actually finalized the sale of our service division as of August 31st. Terrific. I mean, so, uh, so we sold that side fa- of our business. Awesome. So fast forward now, lots of big things happening for Bowen Pools over the last couple of years. I mean, you're starting oh, yeah. to get some recognition out there. Um, how's it feel to finally see some of these seeds you planted? You know, they're growing into oak trees. You, know, you feel like it's all starting to come together? Yeah, it definitely is. You know, it's been a lot of hard work over the years. Uh, there's definitely been some 70, 80 plus hour work weeks that have gone into that. So it's it's not something that just happened overnight. It's It's been years and years of hard work to finally be able to sit back and relax and, you know, take your foot off the pedal just a little bit and uh, kind of see everything before your eyes that you've built, which is always cool. How's it been to grow organizationally? I mean, you're doing more volume. Uh, when did you have to do to from an operational standpoint, you know, to kind of gear up for the type of growth that you've had? Yeah, that's been one of the hardest parts, I think, is uh, how how to grow correctly um, and how not to grow too fast. And so one of the ways we did that was making sure that we had software in place to help us 
Um, so like a, a tool to organize routes, um, keep track of technicians, making sure all of our GPS or our trucks have GPS on them. Um, and then hiring some of the right people. So like we had a service manager um, who was over our service department. Um, I really managed the construction side of things and let him kind of take a hands-on approach to service. And that way I could focus on one, one side of it while another side was focused on. And ultimately all that stuff ran through me, but it was nice to have people in the field that could make game time decisions. And not every decision had to be through me. And same with our project managers. I give them a lot of leeway on construction to make decisions out in the field. That way I'm not burdened with 500 phone calls a day of, Hey, this pump needs this, or, you know, Hey, this person has a chip tile here. Do I have the okay to replace it? It's get the customer taken care of. Let's, let's get this off our plate. Well, um, you're doing a lot of volume and I know that you're, um, getting an education from Genesis, you're part of the Watershape Society. I mean, how are you going about disseminating that education and so that it trickles down in your supers and your and your and your subs, man? Yeah. Uh, so I've actually sent a couple of our uh, guys to some of the Genesis classes and doing trade shows and stuff like that. So I know when Genesis and Watershapes were doing a lot of their online stuff this last year, I thought that was a great time to get some of our guys into their classes you know, making sure everybody took the, the changes in the codes coming up. I had a few guys take pool construction, um, but just making sure that they're getting educated too. And so that they know that it's not just coming from me, but this is what's being taught as an industry. And this should, should be an industry standard that it's not just a, a, my expectations that there's, there's real codes and real reasons behind what we do, why we do what we do. You're in a very hyper competitive market there for pool construction. I mean, you got Riverbend, you got Pulliam, Robertson, a bunch of top 50 builders over there. What have you done to distinguish Bowen pools in such a competitive market to help you capture more of that high-end work? Yeah, we, we preach quality over quantity. So, I mean, we may build 20 pools a year while they're building three to 500. Right. Um, so we're definitely nowhere near them as far as quantity goes, but we preach quality. Um, we tell all of our clients up front, Hey, we're going to take longer than those guys, but you're going to have be more happy and more satisfied at the end of our project, because you're going to know this was built correctly and with the future in mind. So making sure that all of our pools hydraulically are balanced, that they're energy efficient, not just doing cookie cutter stuff and not just sacrificing energy efficiency for a couple dollars. Well, that's definitely the trade-off and not being a production builder is you're going to do less volume than those, uh, than those guys are doing 300, 400 pools a year. Yeah. But do you feel like that, that market for the high end is where you're best suited? Yeah, I do. I, I, I honestly, that's what I prefer. I would rather take on less projects that are more fun and more challenging. I kind of like the stress of it. You know, the, it, it's fun to bust out a pool in a couple months uh, or a few months, um, but I kind of like the ones at the end where that where it was a challenging project, you know, a lot more. Um, I feel more rewarded that way, I guess. Well, we'll get your motor running like when you see a big plot and a big budget or you just see a crazy elevation and a, a time to get really creative. I mean, we'll get you going. Yeah, I like the elevations. I, I like different elevation changes and stuff like that. Uh, part of our projects. That's always my favorite. I know it's a lot more work, but uh, I, I enjoy that. 
what's hot right now in DFW? I mean, what are homeowners in Dallas and Fort Worth area looking for in terms of features and functionality in a high-end luxury pool design? Man, travertine's popular right now. That and lighting packages. Um, so we've been trying to, to sell a few of the PAL lighting packages on some of our stuff recently. But people are just loving travertine right now. Um, it's really, really popular. You find that you're getting into more of the hardscape stuff now? Yeah, we are. We're doing a lot more hardscape, a lot more outdoor living stuff on our projects. We've had, uh, we've done a few projects where we've done the landscaping as well. Um, we definitely don't specialize in that, but uh, I like it when we're allowed to take care of the entire project personally, or at least that they allow for a landscaping budget in it because it always sucks when you build this beautiful pool and then there's no money left over in the budget for anything else. Right, right. I think a lot of uh, customers, they get turned around in terms of, you know, where do you put the money? Do you put it into landscaping? Do you put it into hardscaping? You know, it's kind of uh, a toss up about what you want to complete first. I mean, from a builder's perspective, what would you do first? The, the hardscape or the landscape? I would do the hardscape first. I'd get the hardscape knocked out and then finish up with the landscape at the very end. Um, yeah. But that's because I, I, I build more hardscape too. I'm sure if I did a lot of landscape, I'd say the opposite. Well, yeah, you don't want to be digging up what you just put down just to put the hardscape down, right? That's that's kind of the way I feel about it. Um, you know, everybody's a little different, but I would much rather let's let's get this ball rolling. Let's get uh, as much of this project completed as we can, because the longer you wait to do the second half of it, the more we're going to have to tear up. You find you're getting more of an education in that side as you do more outdoor living stuff about like what plants to put back there, what trees to put back there. Yeah, I'm lucky that I work with a, a great uh, landscape architect and a great landscaper. So, yeah, d- definitely. Um, our designers are learning a little bit more of the landscape stuff, but I've got a couple of landscape architects that I work with as well that I build for that uh, they really know their stuff. Well, pricing a pool seems to be much tougher this year. I mean, based on the price increases that you received, do you find yourself having to push back on an estimate to customers or renegotiate on pricing much? Is it affecting your timelines for construction? Yeah, all of the above, man. That's 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 been the hardest part this year. Um, we're definitely getting killed on the pricing side of it. That was a major reason for the sell of our service division mm. um, was to free up some capital on that end um, because we lost quite a bit of money on several projects in the beginning um, between late last year, early this year. We've definitely gone back to some clients to renegotiate stuff. I hate doing that, but at the end of the day, I got I to gotta put food on my family's table too. I didn't choose to build a pool in their backyard. They chose to. So it's no different than uh, building a house. Home builders are doing the same thing right now. Um, nobody likes it, but uh, they most of our homeowners have been very, very understanding about it. Well, you got a lot of friends in the industry. You got a lot of uh, colleagues and peers. I mean, surely they're going through the same exact thing. Yeah, you hear it talked about all all the time. So I've got a, a group chat with uh, several, you know, custom builders that I'm buddies with and and they're dealing with it too. Everybody is. I don't know how you're not. I mean, we've seen price increases go up 60, 70, 80% in some trades, um, some raw, raw goods. So it's, you, you can't not feel it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to p- predict, you know, I mean, do you see, you know, the COVID demand has been absolutely bananas over the last couple of years. I mean, from what you are seeing on the ground in your service area, is demand beginning to taper? Do you think we're going to see a repeat in 22 of what's been going on the last couple of years? Um, I think demand will go down, but I think costs will continue to go up personally. Get everything going on at the ports right now and how everything's backed up. 
they're not going to have that figured out in the next couple months. There's no way. So yeah, I, I see next year prices continue to increase. I'm hoping uh, when they get that plant back up and running in Louisiana, it really helps with the tab shortage on the service side. But I know from the service side, there's they've had shortages on every chemical this year. There's been shortages on every manufacturer this year. I don't think the Texas freeze helped things by any means, but I think that it would have happened regardless of the freeze or not. Uh, I got to ask, I mean, you know, what happened last year with the Texas freeze must have set you and 100 guys in your back. I mean, do you think the homeowners and professionals, what, what do you think that these guys can do to prepare for something like that in the event that there is another cold snap this year? There's really not a great way to prepare. I mean, you can't really prepare for them doing rolling blackouts when it's freezing out. I mean, if it, if it starts to happen, you can winterize your equipment. But as far as like prepping ahead of time so that it doesn't happen, I mean, unless you have everything on a generator, there's really not a lot you can do. It's just making sure you know how to winterize your pull equipment, take the plugs out, drain the water out of it. That's really the only thing that's going to save it. It, it. We got lucky that it wasn't cold enough to freeze anything underground or we really would have had some bad luck. But a lot of people lost their equipment this year. That was definitely rough. You've been living out there a while. I mean, is this something that you've seen quite frequently or is this like a once in a blue occurrence? I mean, we get ice storms. Yeah, we get ice storms maybe every other year, but never quite something like this where it goes on for a week straight. It's normally like a day or two. And we definitely haven't experienced rolling blackouts. I mean, my house, I lost power for like three days. So it wasn't rolling. I just lost power for like three days. So we ended up having to leave and go stay with my parents for the week. And then when we came back, we came back to a busted pipe at our house and some flooding. So we're, we're still dealing with that. Not an every year thing. Do you think that, that this is something that is going to be like a future occurrence? Like people should start winterizing their pools in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area during the wintertime? I mean, I know that's some, not something that they're traditionally focused on down there. No, just because everybody uses their pool so much. I mean, those pools get down to 60 degrees, but a lot of people still heat them, especially early in the winter through November. And people use their spas year round here. So no, I don't, I don't think it'll be a trend here to do that. I think it's, you know, only in case of emergencies will that be. I mean, we didn't get anything like that until February this year. I mean, so I think traditionally people start unwinterizing like April, May. So not far off from when that storm actually happened. It was the very end of February. Uh, just like a perfect storm that hit at the worst time. Pretty much, yeah. Right as we roll into spring. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I see you, you're you heavy in the pool remodeling side too. I saw a thing you did in Aqua yeah. and it looks like you've done a fair amount of re renovation work. I mean, has that part of your business ramped up as much as new construction? Do you find that existing pool owners are just as eager to upgrade right now? Yeah, that's definitely, renovations are our bread and butter. We'll, we'll do close to 150 remodels this year. My project managers for that are awesome. That's probably 90% of our work is renovations. So yeah, we, de we definitely have had a ramp up of that. We get more calls than ever before this year. So, I mean, it was, it was big last year, but it's definitely been bigger this year. Um, we'll see kind of if that tapers off because obviously, you know, if everybody rushed out to get their backyard renovated and work done in their backyard, at some point it's going to have to taper off. So we'll see if that's next year or the following year, but it's, it's definitely coming. So we're just trying to fit as many projects in them while we can. Well, I mean, pool construction is intrinsically tied usually to new home construction. What yeah. do you see on the ground over there? I mean, do you see new homes going up? They're going up like crazy. 
So, All right. so I mean, it's a pretty good person. indicator, right? It, it definitely is. They're just the prices are being driven very, very high. And so I don't know how high those prices can go before people get, start getting priced out of them. So we're getting close to, you know, the Californias, not quite that high, but, you know, the Colorados and getting home prices like that. And so we're just not used to that here in Texas. I think I bought my house back in 2014 for like 160K. Mm-hmm. Same house today is 350K. I mean, that's a pretty big, big jump um, in seven years. What do you think is driving that, Christy? I mean, is it just migration, people getting out of the big cities, looking to settle down with a bigger plot of land someplace? Yeah, definitely. That's that's a big part of it is people just moving to Texas. I mean, our population's booming. So Texas is a very business-friendly state, and so a lot of big corporations are moving here. That, that's, that's a big portion of it. I mean, by and large, we've seen the same thing in California where I'm from. I mean, there's been a mass influx of people coming from like San Francisco over to like Northern California to like the suburb areas and buying huge plots of land. And they're trying to build their their outdoor oasis, man. I mean, I think that's really what's to be been the barometer like the last two years is, you know, people are just putting more emphasis in the backyard. Um, I know the same things down in Texas probably hold true in Cali, Florida, everywhere else, man. I mean, that demand that you're seeing, Chris, say we have another good two years of this where everybody's still buying a pool, still renovating a pool. I mean, what do you think the next five years after that looks like? Um, it's hard to say, man. It really depends on what the economy does over these next two years. So if it stays good, then we're going to be busy the next five years. I mean, there's a lot of builders out there, especially, you know, I say this as nicely as possible, but everyone and their mothers decided to become a pool builder in the last two years or last mm-hmm. year. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of cleanup work, you know, a lot of jobs that weren't done the greatest. And so I think uh, if that trend continues and those companies continue to pop up, I think there'll definitely be a lot of remodel work out there, you know, not just uh, the old projects, but the ones that need to actually be repaired and done correctly. You're on some of the same Facebook groups that I am. And I mean, you see some of the same crappy jobs going on out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is definitely not something that's fake news. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. It's, yeah. it's definitely, it's a real problem. I mean, it's uh, it's in home renovations too. Everybody's decided that they're a home remodeler, you know, and that they can just do construction. You know, they see homes popping up everywhere. So they want to go be a home builder. Not everybody has the right temperament and the right uh, background for this stuff. I mean, I saw something really terrible the other day that we wrote about on how to not be a crappy contractor where this guy, uh, he bashed apart this woman's uh, bathroom because he didn't get paid on time. I mean, that kind of stuff is like the last thing we want to see go down in the pool industry, man. Well, and quite honestly, that happens. I mean, it just happens that people don't pay on time. So get used to it. <laughs> I think that kind of stuff in the, the kind of world we live in, though, where everybody's got a camera on their phone. I mean, it can oh, just yeah. kill, your, it kill your rep real quick, man. Oh, yeah. Well, and that guy's work was horrible, horrible to begin with. I saw some of the photos of it, and it, I wouldn't have paid them either. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it looked horrible. So, I mean, if you do horrible work, don't expect to get paid. I mean, that's kind of how that goes. Yeah. I mean, you see the same thing on the reno side all the time. I mean, these guys, you, you, they do a job and then you got to come in and clean up what's left. I mean, you got to have some pretty strong feelings about that. Man. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it definitely sucks being the second contractor in there because then people have a healthy distrust of, uh, of contractors by the time you get there. And it doesn't always make for the greatest relationship. So I'm not a, 
I'm not a big fan of taking on those projects always, but uh, if that's all that's out there, I'll take them. But uh, we've we've gotten a little bit to where we can pick and choose the projects that we take. And I try, I try to stay away from, right now from projects like that that other people have already touched. Because generally, you know, the work may not have been great, but the person may not have been easy to work with either. Well, I mean, you get some of the best of the best and you get some of the worst of the worst. I mean, uh, with some of the stuff that you're seeing out in the field on a daily basis that you just can't believe <laughs> We had a pool today that we actually, it's its a fairly large pool that we ended up having to chip out all of the old plaster. I believe that it was recently replastered within the last couple of years, but we ended up having to chip out all of it because it was all delaminated. Usually on like a replaster, somebody replasters, it's a bad bond coat. So when oh, they roll okay, up a new bond coat, if they don't have a quality bond coat or they're doing like a homebrew bond coat, things like that, a lot of times that new plaster won't take. The big one's the delamination of stuff. Um, I've seen where people tile on top of tile. So Mm -hmm. they don't remove the old tile. They'll just tile right over it. Uh, That's a crazy one. My favorite is when people try to do uh, plumbing repairs and use flexible plumbing. That, that, that's my favorite right there. I've seen that too. Yeah. And then they're like, why does my water pressure suck? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or when people don't know what they're doing when they've sized plumbing. And so they use way too small of plumbing with, you know, too large of a horsepower pump and then wonder why they're not moving any water through their water feature. And then you have to explain to them, well, yeah, we're going to be limited here. You know, we can put a smaller pump on here and save your electricity, but Plumbing's there. So unless you want to pay to redo your plumbing, which we can do, you're kind of stuck with it. You know, that, that's a plumbing issue. They probably should have used a three inch pipe there instead of an inch and a half. Um, and you could have had a way more flow through this. A lot of times that new plaster won't take, um, it won't bond correctly. What are some of the products that you're using out there? So we do a lot of wet edge. Um, that's probably 99% of the interior finishes that we shoot is wet edge. We've got a fantastic installer here in town, Plaster Pros, and they do a really quality job. As far as tile, lately we've, we've been using a lot of Aquabella's tile just because they're the ones that have stuff in stock. And if they don't have it, they can get it within a couple of days. They'll order it for us out of Houston. We still buy stuff from MPT and Noble and those guys, but they just haven't had as much of a stock because everybody's buying from them. You try and maintain a good relationship with your suppliers though, right? I mean, that's how you yeah. get stock, you know? Yeah. I, well, the problem is, is they're no longer uh, holding stuff either. So they won't hold stuff for us. So it's made it a little bit more difficult where Aquabella will hold it for us. So if mm-hmm. I can't come down that day or I can't get a PM down that day, They'll hold it for a couple of days for me till we can come get it um, versus some like MPT. I've got a great relationship with my sales rep there. He'd probably do me a solid and do that. I know that the, I had some coping and decking that they held on to for me for like a month, you know, so I've got a great relationship with those guys, but you know, they're not wanting to bring stuff in. We've had, you know, obviously supply issues just like everybody else of trying to get stuff down here. You know, I, I would love to go live in California where you're on the coast and, Ships are bringing stuff in daily. You know, in DFW, we're a little bit more landlocked, so we we don't get it quite as fast. Yeah, I mean, you would think that, but we have uh, a bunch of ships sitting in a harbor right now, not doing anything either. So, I mean, well, it's not go. it's not that much greater over in California, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate you checking in with us today, Chris. I mean, thanks for giving us your uh, perspective about what's going on down in your neck of the woods. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you guys having me. That's all the time we have today. A huge thank you to our sponsor, Base Creek, the leaders in waterproof bond codes for the swimming pool industry. Please make sure to subscribe, and we look forward to catching you next time on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast.